0: cool sure, um, well it's great to be able to speak to you today uh, thank you for letting the students uh, letting the students do the service hope you guys have enjoyed it so far um, so the theme of our sermon today me and Andrew are gonna do it uh, the theme is freedom in Christ um, have you ever met someone who thought, there's just no hope with that person? Or have you ever been at a point in your life where you just feel completely hopeless? Today we're going to look at a man who was in a worse situation than you or I have ever probably been in, um, and that man was a demon-possessed man in Mark chapter 5. So turn to Mark chapter 5. Come on, man. So Mark chapter 5, we're going to be reading from verse 1 to 20. (coughs) Okay, it says, They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one can bind him anymore, not even with a chain he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his feet in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the, son of the most high God? I swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. yeah, we see here. There's a man who's clearly not in his right mind. There's a man in in this this uh, passage is also in Luke, and when it when it describes the man, it says that he was not he was not dressed. He was naked. So clear, and you know, we see here he's going through a lot of things. And so he's a man who you you know I don't really want to imagine what he looked like, but <laughs> I know he was he didn't look good basically. And um, you know he's he's a man he, he wasn't clothed. He, he lived in the tombs. Um, you know he, he's been chained up many times. You know he had cuts on his body. You know this is someone in a lot of trouble. Um, but what I love about this passage is that, it's, it's that Jesus interrupts this man's life and he completely changes it around. Completely turns his life upside down. Um, you know we see a man here who he begins his story as undressed and as uh, a bit crazy, and by the end, in, in verse uh, 15, it, it says that. You know, he he was dressed and in his right mind. Um, I think God's hope for all of us here today, uh, just in life, is that we could end our lives emotionally and spiritually in our right mind too. Um, So I'm just going to sort of break down this passage a bit, see what we can learn. Um, So if you go and look towards the beginning of the story. um, So Jesus gets out out of the boat. Before this, he uh, he had just... Repeat the, the storm and stop the storm when he's with his disciples. But he comes off the lake and he, he gets off the boat, and this crazy man approaches him. Um, have you ever been approached by someone who just scared you before? You can imagine yeah. that, you know, <laughs> Where you just feel like running away. I you know some of you are probably thinking of each other, right? Here. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, but we see here Jesus doesn't do that, he, he, he stays where he is. And um, so, what do we see about this man? What do we learn about him? Well, he is... We seem to be controlled by this impure spirit. Don't know about you, but when I think of a demon-possessed man, it's not really... It doesn't seem like the most relatable person. It's not like we have demon-possessed people running around in, in Birmingham. I've never met anyone like a demon-possessed man. To be fair, I do know people who kind of remind me of one sometimes. Um, Andrew. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I think all of us can relate to this idea of feeling a bit unclean, or feeling impure, or feeling kind of controlled by this, this impure thing, feeling kind of stuck in our ways in, in a sense. Um, and yeah, I mean, and the, uh, the Bible actually calls these things which kind of trap us and which kind of control us um, and kind of cause pain to ourselves and to other people. The Bible calls it sin. Um, so I think, you know, we can actually, this guy's actually a relatable guy who we, we can uh, relate to. And Let's just sort of see what else, else do we learn about him. Well, in verse 3, it says he lived in the tombs. So he's isolated. You know, he, he's living, he, no one lives in the tombs, okay? Dead people live in the tombs. So the tomb back then wasn't really like a tomb how, how you would think of it now. It was more like a cave, sort of dark caves. Uh, so this guy is, doesn't have a home He's living in isolation. He's living far from from the community, from the town. Um, he's he's alone. Um, I think I think that's the same for when for for us. When we're in sin, we tend to kind of isolate ourselves. We tend to distance ourselves from other people. We tend to distance ourselves from in our relationships, not only with God but also with other people as well. Um, you know, this man was homeless. He. You know, sometimes we can feel homeless. Sometimes. We don't really, we don't, we think, we don't know where we belong in in a way. Um, We don't know where we belong in life. Um, This man had been chained, it said. Sometimes we can feel chained as well. You know, sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I can kind of feel kind of trapped or kind of stuck in life. And like the things which kind of cause me pain, I can't seem to kind of get rid of those things. Um, And, uh, you know, yeah, I can feel like some things I feel like can be stuck with me forever. like this man with his demons, um, and you know people have tried to bind this guy. People have tried to, tried to chain him up, but he's you know kept breaking free. This guy was a man out of control. You know he he was completely controlled by this impure spirit. And I think you know for us, we can also sometimes be completely controlled by our sin, and or we can feel like that sometimes. Um, and yeah, verse in the verse five is quite graphic and quite painful. Kind of picture here of a guy who's who's crying out in pain, and he's cussing himself. You know, he he was lonely. He was um, he had, this guy didn't have any hope. He was really hurting, um, and I think I think sometimes for us we can forget that people without God. There are many people with, without God who are hurting. There are people who kind of they have no hope in life. Um, I think even for us, like sin has. Sin can kind of cause us to feel guilty We want to kind of maybe punish ourselves Or sin. You know, we can start to think really negatively about ourselves um, We can kind of start to lose hope A bit like this guy here So you know, actually this, this, this guy is actually a relatable person Like we can, you know, it's not too kind of out there um, Yeah, I don't know about you But whatever position you are in life If, if you're a Christian today And you feel kind of trapped by your sin Jesus can can change that you know there is hope and if, if you're not a Christian today and you're visiting you know you may feel like you have no hope in life you may feel kind of may feel a bit like this guy here you're not really sure what your purpose is you kind of don't know where you belong in the same way you know Jesus can give you hope and he can change your life and that's what happens in this story here so um, yeah so if we, if we carry on the story um, looking at sort of verse six to eight it's interesting. The first interaction uh, of this guy with Jesus is him begging not to be tortured. It's kind of strange. You think because he he goes to Jesus, so you think maybe you he, you he, probably know that Jesus could heal him, but for some reason he's like, "Don't torture me." Um, I mean, perhaps he had the wrong perhaps he had the wrong picture of grace. Maybe he thought, you know, maybe he thought, "Man, I I, I just deserve punishment for for who I am and for the things I've done." Um, and that 's kind of true to some extent because you know God is just and we have there are consequences for the for the sin we, you know we 've committed um, but you know God, God is also love, and Jesus is all about forgiveness and love um, and I think that 's safe for us sometimes too we can kind of we can uh, you know, we can mess up and we can kind of expect punishment or you know we can kind of feel you know, we can feel uh like you know, there's going to be consequences. Um, I think we often forget as well that God is love and that God, Jesus, did come and has forgiven us. If you're a Christian today, and if, if you're not, then He's offering that forgiveness to you. Um, so yeah, we see this. This man really needed Jesus, Jesus's forgiveness. He really needed healing. Um, <clears throat> it was super encouraging at the student retreat last weekend. We heard this incredible testimony uh, from a guy from London. And two of his friends um, it really inspired me And I think it kind of, kind of illustrates this story in some way So This guy went to university He was a Christian before he went to university He went to university a couple of years ago And during his first year He kind of really struggled in his faith He um, Yeah, his faith just went downhill And he just started to live for himself Basically And he just stopped being a Christian And like he, he got into a relationship with a girl Which was immoral Which was, didn't go well He kind of got into a lot of drinking, you know, on a regular basis. Um, He just, whatever he felt like doing, he did, basically. He really just started living for himself. Um, You know, I just remember him sharing that he just felt so empty. Like he had this void in his in his heart, which he just couldn't fill. And he tried to fill it with all these short-term pleasures, all these, you know. He just did whatever he felt like doing, but he just couldn't fill that void in his heart. yeah, you know, I remember he, he said that, you know his relationship started to go downhill with his family, with his friends. He kind of sort of distanced himself from those relationships as well, um, and he was really just in a lot of pain. And I remember he was showing that one night he got to the point where he was just in his room and he was just crying, and he was just thinking to himself, you know, I've got to either either I'm going to carry on living the way I am, or I've got to change and actually go back to God. Um, and so you know. He really humbled himself. He repented, and he really just drastically changed his life. And it was really cool because one of his flatmates from first year saw this change in him, and and then the, and this and then, and this friend of his was kind of going through a tough patch as well. Um. So and then this friend kind of he came to church um, with him, and he was really just blown away at church. I remember he said at the end of the service, his friend came to him and said. Now I see why you're a Christian. Now I know why you're living the way you do. And it was just so cool to see how this guy's this change in this in, the, in this guy influenced his friend, and that friend changed, and he became a Christian. And then that guy reached out to his friend who came to church and also became a Christian. It's just amazing to see this kind of ripple effect of one changed life changing another life, going on to change another life. So inspiring. Um, you know, we see here. Um, so we see here. You know, this man. This man's afraid at the you know at the start. Um, but Jesus, he sticks around with Jesus, and Jesus changes his life. Um, and we see this really dramatic scene, right? So, so Jesus asks him, asks him, "What's your name?" My name is Legion. And you know, and and then the demons start begging Jesus to be sent to the pigs. Um, And then Jesus sends the demons into the pigs And then the pigs See this crazy image of the pigs just running down the hill Into the lake and just drowning Like, it's crazy I don't know why Jesus sends the demons into the pigs Sorry to all the I want to apologise to all the vegans and vegetarians in the room
1: uh,
0: (laughs) I think that's not not really the point of the story The point's about, about the man, right? Um I think it shows that Jesus wants to completely remove sin in our our lives. Jesus wants to completely change us. If the demons went into the pigs and they were just sort of chilling on the hillside, just chilling there, you know, doing their own thing, maybe coming back and and tempting the man or someone else again, um, you know, Jesus didn't. Jesus didn't allow that. Jesus he sent them into the pigs and then completely destroyed them. In the same way, God wants to completely remove sin from your life. God wants to completely change you and set you free. God doesn't want to have sin kind of. Simple life, sort of hovering around, just here, here, you know, there and now. God wants to completely remove sin from your life. And God wants to completely set you free. Um, you know, the price paid for this man's soul was 2,000 pigs. For all of us, there's an even greater price that's been paid. That was Jesus on the cross. You know, the impure spirit seizes the man to harm him, Jesus touches the man to heal him. The impure spirit causes the man to be chained. Jesus causes the man to be set free. The impure spirit drove the man into isolation. Jesus loves men into fellowship. If Jesus can change this man's life, I'm sure all of us can change as well.
1: Um,
0: yeah. What I say? So. Uh, yeah, if you're visiting today, I just want to encourage you to. Just to start reading the Bible, to start looking into Jesus. I remember for me, like it really made a big impact on me. I, I thought Jesus was more just about be friendly, be good to your neighbour, just be a good person. But it's way deeper than that. It's way deeper than that. And God actually wants to change your life, not just change your behaviour slightly. Um, so I would I really encourage you just to sit down with someone and study the Bible and see, and really sort of see who Jesus is. Um, but you know, so we see this guy. This guy's changed and. Um, in verse 15 it says He was dressed and in his right mind And you know Jesus is about to leave he's, Jesus is about to, to go On He's about to go on a boat I think Somewhere um, yeah, Jesus is about to leave And, and, the, and the, the guy who was demon possessed Runs to Jesus and begs to go with him Begs to go with him um, But what does Jesus do? Jesus doesn't let him Jesus says go home and tell people how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you and he goes and does that and, and says all the people were amazed. Um, you know, after we become Christians, sometimes we just want to sort of be with the church family you know, we have really good, we have really good relationships here in the church which is quite different from in normal society. Um, you know, sometimes we just want to yeah we want to be with, with other like-minded people. Um, but Jesus Jesus has a mission for us Jesus has a mission for this guy And he, his mission is to send us back To help other people Because people are going through the same thing We've gone through as well um, I think it's interesting How Jesus chooses this man To, to, to Represent him And to, to go and share the good news you know, If I wanted someone to represent me I'd probably choose someone who's Kind of young, clean carts <laughs> You know, looks good, full <laughs> of energy. You know, it's not like Forrest, for example. Well, like you know, you know when a firm meets with a client, they usually you have to wear a tie. You've got to look your best. you got to, you know, you've got to look good. You're representing the firm. Um, but we see here that Jesus doesn't pick the most kind of you know, the best candidate, so to speak. You know, he picks someone who. So there's a guy who, you know, probably still had scars on his body, who probably looked quite disheveled and quite rugged and quite weak. Um, someone who just become a Christian, so to speak. Someone who didn't have any experience sharing the good news, any experience helping people. He Jesus chose that guy. Uh, I, think, I think that's a good reminder for us. I think, um, you know, this guy didn't have a theology degree. We didn't know that much. He wasn't a Jew. Um, he literally had nothing going for him. Like nothing. The only thing he had was that Jesus changed his life. Yeah. All he had was faith. And yeah, I want to share a story from, from my past. Um, I remember when I just became a, a Christian. It was over five years ago now. I was only 15 years old. But um I remember a friend and I just going out and sharing our faith. And I literally, I was really insecure. I was really shy back then. I didn't really. I had no. I didn't know what to say, but we just wanted to just. We just wanted to go and share our faith. So we went out onto the street and just stopped people, and just talked with people. Um, and I remember we met this guy called Marcel, um, and yeah, it was, it was so cool because we had a Bible study with him later that day, and he was he was kind of seeking God. And then I remember like a week or two later, I met up with him and looked at some scriptures. I was only 15 years old. He was like 22. I, like, I didn't know anything But like, I just had to, I was just trying to help him You know all I had was faith really um, And what was cool was that Yeah a few months later he became a Christian I just think it shows that Like this guy You, know, you don't need to It's not about how much you know It's not about how experienced you are It's not about uh, having your life together It's just about having faith And it's just about showing what God's done for you um, So I want to ask you know, Has Jesus changed your life? How grateful are you for the mercy God has shown you? How eager are you to share your faith? You know, what what do we want to see happen in Birmingham? Are we going to allow sin to isolate ourselves and to sort of drag us down? Or are we going to to let Jesus change who we are and actually go out and help change other people? I think what's really cool here is that in, in verse 20 it says the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and all the people were amazed Decapolis is ten cities, so Jesus picked this guy, this this broken man and sends him out to preach to ten cities that's crazy like <laughs> ten cities, imagine that um, you know, Jesus doesn't care who we are or what we've done in the past, Jesus just wants to use us, I think we've just got to we're just got to have faith and we've got to just share what, what's happening in, in our lives. Um, so, yeah, really, I just want to say that, you know, in the same way, Jesus can set us free from our sin. If you, if you feel like you're struggling with sin, just go back to Jesus. Renew your convictions. If, you, if you're visiting today, try and get to know Jesus. Try and read the Bible. See what it says, and I promise you it will have a big impact. Now, I'm going to hand over to Andrew. <laughs>
2: Matt, thanks so yeah, I didn't expect to be publicly attacked um, as I just was. So right, I've got something, i got something on my sleeve. <laughs> Matt, get ready. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <clears throat> so the theme for today—should let me stop myself a time because I want to do this properly, right? So the theme for today is freedom in Christ, and Matt did a great job of painting a picture. Of what it means to turn to Jesus to find your freedom in Christ. Now, what I want to talk about is a bit, it's a bit different. It's all linked in, of course. It's all linked into the Bible and Jesus, but it's about finding freedom in Christ in the church. Um, and I think one thing I realised recently is uh, it's unusual in today's world to talk about what's going on in our lives. You know, like I think uh, today's world is very consumed by this notion of privacy. We want to have our own lives. We want to keep things secret. We want to do things, you know, our way, and, and you know, that should that's satisfy me. Um, and it kind of—I mean, I, was, I felt a bit weird because I was like, well oh, actually, wait a second. The church is a bit different because we're, you know, we believe in something else, which is uh, confessing our sins and and uh, being open to one another about what's going on in our lives. And so, I want to address that today and uh, I want to open up with a scripture uh, If you turn telling me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 Verse 25 I want to challenge everybody today with this Idea from, from the scripture that Paul wrote To the Corinthian church So 1 Corinthians chapter 1 Verse 25 And it says this For the foolishness of God is wiser than Human wisdom and the weakness Of God is stronger than human strength I want you guys to challenge your um, to challenge, I want to challenge you guys sorry, To think differently Um, I think it's easy for us to get caught up in this idea Oh I need to have my privacy. or I need to have my life the way it is But actually I think what God teaches us is something completely different And I want you guys to just clear your minds completely right now I'm not going to brainwash you, don't worry But actually brainwashing is a bit counterproductive Because it's about cleansing the brain and not filling it with wrong stuff But that's not the case what I'm going to do today is I want you guys to think about just what it means to be vulnerable and open in the church. And that's where true freedom comes from. Because um, what you understand from the next two scriptures we're about to read as well is that when you're open about what's going on in your lives and you turn to each other, you have nowhere to hide. And that, that means everything's in the open. That means you don't need to worry about anything. You don't need to worry about hiding everything with all your strength because it's all there. That's the power of confession. Uh, so the first scripture I want to read yeah, here as part of kind of the lesson is first John chapter one verse nine. We turn there. First John chapter one verse nine. And it says this if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Um, It's quite clear here. Confession has power. To cleanse you, to free you, to save you, set you free. Um, But when I I, I remember reading the scripture, I remember getting stuck with this because, I mean, confess, but to whom? And obviously, automatically I'm thinking, confess to God. And definitely, I think the Bible encourages us to confess to God. I think that's the first port of call. We talk to God, we talk to Jesus in prayer. Um, and, And that helps a lot, definitely. But what about those around you? Um, it's easier, I guess sometimes to even think Okay, wait, uh, I've done something wrong where I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm burdened But, God, you know, I still feel this weight on my shoulders Have you ever felt that before? Yeah. You, you, I mean, you, you, something's gone wrong You might have sinned, you might have made a mistake Something's happened and you feel like You know, you've said something to God You've said, you know, yeah. this is how I feeling, or well, This is what I've done and I'm sorry But you still feel this weight on your shoulders I've felt that a lot of times. And the reason being is because I haven't confessed it to other people around me. Um, Linking back to what um, uh, Matt was saying about the demon-possessed man being set free, was he wasn't just set free and then you know, he kept it to himself. It wasn't just between him and God. He went and shared he was set free by Jesus. I think the similar thing here is we're, we're not necessarily demon-possessed in this room, but we're possessed by some sort of sin sometimes, aren't we? We are sometimes you know, caught in, 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 in our habits uh, In the things we like Because that's what sin is Sin is, is something that we usually humans enjoy And we like to get stuck in it um, But the thing here is We actually don't just need to take it to God We need to take it to the church We need to take it to each other That's where true freedom comes from And if you look at the next scripture James chapter 5 verse 16 It makes it quite clear It says this James chapter 5 verse 16 Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So the Bible clearly teaches us we need to confess our sins to one another. It's quite awkward because, I mean, I wasn't used to this before. Like, I remember when I, when I studied the Bible as well before I became a Christian. And it was, um, it was a bit weird because, you know, you sit, sit there and if you don't read any scriptures. Like, and, we, you know, we talk about sin. You know, like, there's definitely lists of sins in, in Galatians and in First Timothy as well. Where, you know, you, like, there's, there's just clear things. You know, this is a sin, this is a sin, this is a sin. we kind of go deep into that. And it's a bit weird because it's like, oh, wait well, like, I know what this is. But, like, I usually take it to God. Like, you know, it's between me and him. But actually, when you look at this, the Bible clearly tells us we need to tell each other about this stuff. And there's a reason. There is power in confessing, not just to God, but to other people. It cleanses you. It frees you. Um, And it's important that, that when you can't hide, everything is wide open. And that's when God has the power to work through you. That's when you actually feel. Actually, wait a second. I feel good. I feel that actually I've done the right thing. It's not just because you just said, "Oh, I did this wrong." Because I think confession isn't like, "Oh, I did this wrong." It's actually, "I've done this wrong and I feel bad and I don't want to do it again." And you fight because I can. I can come weekly or daily to the brothers and say, "You know, I did this today," and like end it there. But that's not where it stops. That's where it starts. Um, you see, for me, the biggest example of, of, of true vulnerability, because this is what this is really about vulnerability, um, is Jesus. He made that example. I think he, he encouraged others to do it as well, and, and, and uh, he, he definitely was a guy he could go to to, to, to to be vulnerable with. And that's why, for example, the demon possessed man went to Jesus. He needed that salvation, he needed that cleansing from Jesus. But what happens when you don't have a real life Jesus to talk to? Yeah? Have you ever thought about that? You know, when, when something has gone wrong and you need you need, to, you need, to be freed from something. What happens then? I think that's the reason why we have the church today. That's the whole point. Is that the church is, is like a living embodiment. It's the body of Christ. That's where you find your freedom as well. God uses that to work in your life and in the lives of other people. That's how He breaks the chains. Um, and so, yeah, if you turn with me to Matthew chapter 26, this is a finished scripture from, from when Jesus was about to go on the cross. Um, some of the brothers already heard me teach from that on a midweek a couple of weeks ago. But I want to use this today as well uh, to make a, a very clear point about what it means to be vulnerable in the church and that being your freedom in Christ. So Matthew chapter 26 verses 36 to 41. <clears throat> and it says this. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watching me. Going a little farther. He fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men watch uh, sorry, couldn't you men keep watch with me for an hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Uh, this is perhaps for me but for me this is one of the most powerful moments of the Bible. Uh, it's, a, it's a moment where our Lord and Saviour is just being real about what he's going through. As much as we definitely, you know, we say Jesus Lord, Amen, He is our Lord, He is God in the flesh. He was a man. He went through the things that we've gone through. There's no more excuse of oh, you know I'm just i I'm just a human being. Jesus lived it. He, he he did it so that so that we actually could turn around and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm a man or a woman. And I have a chance to fight. I have a chance at freedom. That's what this this that's what this signifies. Because he's he's going to the disciples and he's saying, um uh, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. I mean, to to be real, that real with the disciples, you know, even though you're you're supposed to be some some you know some strong guy, this is our Lord and Savior we're talking about here. Um, And this is one thing I understood from this: is true freedom and true strength comes from weakness. Comes from admitting that we are weak and we have nothing to offer, that we have nothing left, because all we have to turn to is God.
1: Um,
2: It hit me because I I have this massive complex where I think, you know, as uh, as life got tough uh, with with things happening in in my childhood, my parents getting divorced at like the age of eleven, and you know things not going as, as I hoped they'd go when I was a teen uh, it was difficult because all I had in my head was you've got to be strong you've got to be strong, you've got to show that you've got strength because your sister's watching you, because your mum's watching you because your friends are watching you but that doesn't matter It doesn't matter at all. I mean, the demon possessed man, he he didn't. I mean, do you think he cared about what the other people thought? Or what was going on with him? You know, like, all he was thinking about was, Jesus set me free. That's all that matters. Jesus set me free. And that's why we need to be vulnerable with one another. Because I think that way God will work through us. God will show his power when we are weak. It's such a real cool moment because I, I, every time I think about things I went through, I was like, "If only I'd then there." About what Jesus has done and actually His example. If only I'd be there, I wouldn't have had to go through those years of being tense and, and having these barriers that I put in place and being superficial and, and trying to put up a front, saying, "Yeah, this is who I am." Are you really going to, you know, like, like in the first scripture, In the First Corinthians? Are we really going to try and be the wisest of men when really the folly of God is still wiser than, than the wisest of men? Are we really going to just fall into this trap of we need to have it all together and live our lives to, to a this standard where you know, we have it all, we have the cars, we have the money, we have the family, we have you know, the apartment or the house. That's not the standard. The standard is just spiritual freedom in Christ, in the church. And if that's what you're looking for today You've come to the right place Because this is the place where you'll find it This is the place where We are all broken people eh? yeah, yeah. Who need to be fixed by Jesus yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the first part definitely turn to Jesus Pray to Him, talk to Him Ask Him I mean, think it's, it's good to be real God. I remember asking why But that helped me But our thing is be real with people around you you know, I can I can promise you right now, I will I will do what I can to open the Bible with you and show you who God is. I'm not perfect, of course, but that's why we have Jesus in the first place here, and that's where our freedom comes from. Um, and in closing, what all I really wanted to say was, you know, the first point makes clear sense to us. God has a hope for us to turn to Jesus to be set free. The second point is this. God well, has a hope for us to turn to Jesus, be set free, and in doing so, turn to the church and be vulnerable so that Jesus may
1: be glorified. Amen.
2: That is it. That's the most important thing right now. I don't think you know if, if if you're thinking about something else right now, what is it? What's so important that you you wouldn't think about your freedom, you wouldn't think about your your spiritual security, your salvation? There's nothing more important right now than that. And my challenge to, to, to those who you know, call yourselves disciples, um, you know, are we being vulnerable? Are we actually, you know, I mean, because we, we make mistakes daily, don't we? We sin. Things don't go right all the time. Are we actually confessing our sins daily? Are we actually being open about going about what's going on in our lives? Are we actually glorifying God through our confession? Um, and to those who, who, who are just here for the first time, who have been here a few times before as well, I want to just give you this challenge. Just ask questions. Um, don't be scared. Because I mean, all I can promise you this is this, we can open the Bible up, you can study it, and you won't lose anything by doing that. You will learn a lot about a wonderful, merciful Savior who loves you, who cares for you, who wants you to be free. And it's easy for us to get caught up in... in What the world says. Don't go to church because you you can have everything by doing this, this, and this. But if you turn to people who supposedly have it, most of them will tell you, you you can get quotes up from the internet easily that I still feel a void in my heart. Only Jesus can fill that void. And only in the church can that be found as well. So, in conclusion, I just wanted to challenge you guys. Turn to Jesus and turn to the church. Let's all live together, uh, learn more about God together, confess our sins to one another, and do life together so that then, in the end, God may be glorified. Amen. Amen.
3: Amen. Thank you so much, uh, Andrew and Matt. Awesome job with the uh, sermon. Another round of applause. I hope I uh, hope you enjoyed the student-led service. Uh, it was awesome. The, some new songs as well, and uh, just uh, it's just great seeing the young uh, people really step up and really lead the way as as that next generation in the church so again just a huge thank you to everyone who uh, was a part of the worship team we're doing things behind the scenes ushering sound equipment uh, people who got up and spoke um, you are such a great example of, uh, of a heart that wants to serve and glorify God so thank you so much students um, just a couple of quick announcements before we close out with one last song uh, Tim Francis, uh, if you don't know, has been having some heart trouble um, and he's in the hospital at the moment I believe, um, so please please be praying for him please keep him and uh, and the family in your prayers, that uh, it will all go smoothly and that you'll comfort him and uh, his family um, so please be praying for the Francis's uh, we've also got a fundraiser up the back for the teens uh, to get the teens to teen camp so there's samosas and maybe some other things up the back there so please go up there and uh, get some great food and also support our teens getting to teen camp um, Also just another quick announcement uh, from March onwards the children for Kids Kingdom will go straight to Kids Kingdom kind of like the setup last week for church and then they'll come in for the back end of the church service. March, we're starting a campaign. Hopefully you you have one of these calendars. If not, there are some up the back, so please grab one. Basically Basically, the topic or the theme for the campaign is renewal. And it's coming from Romans chapter 12. I'll just read this out really quickly. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's loving mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So we're going to be looking at this idea of renewal. Our, renewing our minds, renewing our hearts renewing our relationships, our life renewing the church and renewing our faith it's going to be an awesome month uh, so please be, please put this up somewhere where, where you'll see it every day um, as you'll see coming up uh, in the first week uh, we'll basically be having a fast on Wednesday so a fast from food that is. And so whether it's starting it on Tuesday or starting it Wednesday, uh, that's that's really up to you, but we'll be breaking it together at our midweek service Wednesday night. So please be praying for that and keep uh, your mind focused on that. Um, and you'll see there's, there's little things each and every day. Um, so please, please put this up somewhere and let's really be praying over this. That God will use this to really renew us, renew the church and uh, really just have a great year, serving Him. Uh, amen. Also, uh, we've also got a Facebook group on uh, on Facebook, a Facebook group for the uh, Renewal Campaign Month, and it's, it's actually, because we're, we're doing this campaign with uh, Edinburgh and Glasgow, so with the Scottish churches as well. So this will be a group to so if you don't if you can't find it come see me and I'll, I'll get you logged on but please be adding more people on there because it'll be a place where we can put on prayers put on miracles that God has done share good news and really just unite with the northern uh, churches so it should be a great month um, also just one other bit of good news the chairs can stay out today we don't have to pack them up. <laughs> So if you would all like to stand for one final song to close out this awesome service.